It's SB Pod. Thank you for being with us, Stanford Steve, as always, standing by. So, too, is Brian Windhorst. There's a lot to talk about with this NBA season. The playoffs should be excellent. They always are. But there are a lot of things about this regular season that are ass. Let's just call them what they are. People don't play. Uh, People get blown out. I mean, it's a mess. Time to welcome in Brian Windhorst. You're going to enjoy it, and you're going to want more content. He's got you covered. He is the host of the Hoop Collective podcast. Check that out right here as well. And action. Brian Windhorst is always one of our favorite guests on SportsCenter. And I give credit to Steve because we were batting this idea around about the NBA season. He said, let's have Windhorst in. And I said, bingo. And Brian, thanks for being here. Um, This is as open-ended as I can ask this question. How do you describe the 2021 NBA season to date? Just get it in. (laughs) <laughs> just get it in yeah and um i i actually you know i'm a big proponent of the concept that you know for for a long time on twitter every day i would say something great happens in the nba every night mm-hmm. and i would say what happened in the end great in the nba happened every night that stuff still happens um uh Steph Curry right now is doing some incredible stuff. Uh, not every, not everybody likes the way Steph Curry plays, but he's a pretty likable guy. Um, but what's happened in the last three to five years is that the NBA teams and players have sent the message repeatedly that the regular season doesn't matter. They've sent it with tanking. They've sent it with resting They've sent it with, you know, effort level. And some of those decisions are smart. Some of the resting stuff is smart. Some of the tanking stuff, you know, the way the system is set up, I understand why they're doing it. But if you send a message to your fans that the regular season doesn't matter and you hammer that home over and over and over, they're going to start to believe you. Yeah, And the players, to a certain extent, may start to believe you. In back-to-back games, the Indiana Pacers scored 152 yes. points and then gave up 154 points. It's the worst defense. And this isn't – I'm not old guy, like, slapping the floor and saying move side to side. Just if you don't care at all, about the games or about playing defense. Like it's just, it's a, it's a tough product on a lot of levels. And look, we had Steph on uh, after one of those games and God, it's a, it's a treat to watch him play. Steve Kerr told me it's like a, a, the guy's life work. All of his life's work is all in this moment and it's all come together. And it's like Neo in the matrix, right? It's all slowed down and he's grabbing the bullets as they come by. And there are great things that happen, but like the Pacers give score 152 and win by about 100, then give up 154 here in the nation's capital. I'm like, there's the NBA, man. There's your snapshot. And I don't know what it says, Brian, but it doesn't say much great about that as a product. Yeah. um, I don't know what you take from from the bubble and this. Definitely what is happening is teams are have stopped practicing. There is no practicing. Some teams are having no shoot arounds and therefore there is no preparation. And so there's no expectation to defend. I mean, the the Brooklyn Nets are basically like, look, and I don't disagree with that. They're like, look, 
we're just going to get as many offensive players as we can. And we're just going to flat out try to outscore you like we are right. playing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to insult any type of basketball, but like they're playing a term of basketball where the, you know, there is, it doesn't matter. Well, let's just be honest. When you play pickup, the the most fun kind of pickup is like, we're going to get our run in. We're going to get our sweat. Like I'm going to guard just some, I'm going to try to block some shots, get some rebounds, but like, I'm not like, I'm not bodying you. And I'm going to try to get some buckets. You try to get some buckets and we'll all go to dinner at six o'clock. Like I, I'm not begrudging that. I just think that like the blowouts on a nightly basis are astounding. Um, and I, I do wonder, Brian, uh, how much of this is we played like what happened last year when we stopped in March, the summer was the summer. You, you don't finish until the fall. You don't start till Christmas. We're going to bleed into the middle of July. Like I get it in. I understand like how much of, of all of this season is just fatigue from that, that, w- that presumably I don't believe it, but presumably ends when the season ends. Okay. So if you had NBA people on here right now, here's what they would tell you. They would say, our guys are getting up sometimes at six in the morning to come in and get their COVID test. Uh, our guys are not allowed to leave their hotels, although that rule is getting broken rampantly. Uh, anecdotally, uh, you know, I'm not sure how much enforcement is still happening there, but whatever. Um, you know, you know, they're, they're having all this testing, all of these protocols. Um, you know, there is, there is not, the same room for the professional level of diligence to the excellence in the game is normal. And that that is a reason why, and that our coaches have no practice time. uh, And so we can't really install game plans and that in the playoffs, when you can install game plans and preparation and stuff, it in theory will be different. And so that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a get it in season and it was a get it in all-star weekend. It was a get it in you know, seeding games for the bubble. It was, it's a get it in play in tournament. Although I think that there's a, there's some redeeming qualities to that. It's just get it in, you know, get the orders out. The food isn't that great. Okay. Well, we served <laughs> 500 people, get it out. And um, is your point is that there's being damage inflicted? Yeah. Um, you know, but like, you know, this is the thing, you know, pe- whatever people talked about with like the, you know, people talk about the ratings in the bubble and they say, oh, did you see the ratings in the bubble? It was terrible, blah, blah, blah. And here's what the NBA would say if they were being honest, which they, they can't be. <laughs> they were better than zero ratings. Mm. Uh, you know, you know, what we had was better than nothing. And so what you have right now under the circumstances that you have it is better than nothing. And so. Um, I don't know where history will say, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think there's anybody happy about the state of play. Um, I just don't know if there could be a situation where they could handle it better because the roadblocks that are being put down in front of them. Yeah. I mean, guys, I, I haven't talked. (laughs) I haven't been in an NBA arena you know, because I don't, I don't go to games. I haven't been in an NBA arena since March. You know, I don't think, you know, all of our interviews are over Zoom. We, we of, have, of 2020, just to be clear. We're, yes. we're in, <laughs> you're not talking about March from two yeah, months ago. March 2020. I don't think the media is doing it. To be honest with you, I don't think the media is doing a very good job covering this season. You know, there are young players in the NBA that have, that 
we haven't done good coverage on because we've never met. I, I've, I have never met Zion Williamson. <laughs> I mean, this is preposterous that yeah. somebody in my job has not met Zion Williamson, but he was out until January. And then six weeks later, the seat or whatever it was, the season was, do- was done. Um, so, you know, from a media standpoint, I think we're, <laughs> we're barely getting by. I, I just, I think the standard is low, but I, I don't think you're out of line saying that that the product is struggling. I think that's absolutely true. I just I just think the situation is challenging. What makes it better then with how challenging things are? Like it feels like there's nothing that's going to stop this, you know, guys sitting out, rest, um, lack of, you know, detail in in the offense. Like do you think and when when we get up and running as a country, that that'll help get more things, you know, get fans um, their their aspect more. Will, will fans put more heat on the league and the players? I think getting back to the normal schedule will help. Although okay. you're going to hear when the season starts next year, people complaining about another short off season. Although yeah. it won't be short short for that many teams. I mean, there's going to you know the bulk of teams are going to be done by you know early June, but normalcy will help, but I'll just go back to something that David Stern always said. I mean, I got to say, this is my 18th year covering the NBA. The longer I spend in the NBA, the more I appreciate David Stern, Uh, even though he was a hard ass. And (laughs) I mean, you know, on his list of people that he gave death stares to, I was like 7,000th. I got him. You know, I, I had my time with, with David. Um, one of the things he always said was always bet on the game mm. because it's a great game and they're great players. And, you know, you see ebbs and flows through the history, but always bet on the game. And, you know, at the highest level, an NBA, you know, the, the, you know, the, I don't know when this is going to run, but the game we had a few days ago on Sunday, mm. uh, uh, Bucks, Nets. Nets, and there's injuries, you know, Harden's not playing, whatever. If you watch that game, it was a tremendous basketball game. It was. And when they care, Brian, when they I want to be clear, I'm not down on basketball and I'm not down on the NBA. It's just if you don't give a shit, why should I? And when people can't be bothered to play, then I'm sorry. But look, the Boston Golden State game was insane where it's Tatum and Steph going back and forth. And that Bucks, look, there have been many examples of excellent games because these are excellent players. It's just, it's it feels rare to me that the investment of effort and energy and attention to detail is there. And, so, and, and I trust it will be for the playoffs. Like, I trust the playoffs will be great because they always are. But I just, I, I don't know, man. I don't feel like I'm wrong to be, this is just my observation. You know what I'm saying? I think in the fall of 2000. 12 or 13 i was covering a game in miami uh spurs heat thursday night tnt game i remember about it because charles barkley came in and did the play-by-play and he did the post quarter first quarter interview with pop uh pop was nicer to him than he's ever been to me um (laughs) i take that back pop is (laughs) i've had good conversations with pop but not all the time um and uh that night is when the Spurs sat four players. They sent Tim Duncan home mm. on a Southwest flight uh, or they were to the next city on a Southwest flight. Um, 
And David Stern fined the Spurs $250,000 before the end of the first quarter. <laughs> you know, nowadays, you know, sometimes when, when you see discipline, it's handed down like four days later, whether it's yeah. teams or players. First he quarter. fined them <laughs> by, but before the end of the first quarter because David Stern knew that that was an incredibly slippery slope and he wanted to stop, not nip it in the butt. It, primarily because it was a, um, it was a, uh, national television game. Yeah. Now, do I recognize that there is value in resting players and that players shouldn't play through sore ankles and, and, and in strained calves and stuff like that? Of course, I'm not a Neanderthal that says 48 minutes, 82 games, gentlemen. Um, but David Stern <laughs> knew that that had to be reined in. And in the modern NBA, that is, I mean, let me just say, let me just talk about real quick, the plight of the Oklahoma city thunder, which I know people are probably aren't paying attention to. We are the Oklahoma city <laughs> thunder. First off, they're playing the set and they're playing tonight. Again, I don't know why this is publishing, but they're playing the Sacramento Kings three times in the next eight days. It's vital mm-hmm. for tanking seating purposes. <laughs> There's going to be some wild, wild stuff that happens in those three games. Leave it at that. But the, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder put out a statement that said Al Horford <laughs> is not going to play the rest of the season. Uh, basically, uh, their best player, they're shutting him down and he's not hurt. Uh, you know, and by the way, Al, Al's, Al's down with it. He doesn't want to play. Here's what they can't say. He doesn't want to play because he doesn't want to get hurt because he wants to get traded out of Oklahoma city mm. and he can't get traded out of Oklahoma city. If he injures his sure. knee, which he's got a, he's got a bad knee. So he's okay with it, but they put out a statement saying our best player is not going to play. <laughs> okay. For two months or whatever it is. And the NBA doesn't say anything. They don't say anything. Now, you look at the Thunder and you say, well, the Thunder live in a world where nobody wants to come play in Oklahoma City. Okay. So they're never going to have get a free agent. And two, over the last three or four years, not only is the is the league being run by stars, but when the star players come available for trade, they aren't even open for trade, really. They only will go to certain places. So yeah. it's not even free agency now. Now it's the stars who get to say where I'm going to get traded. And even in the cases where they don't get traded there, like Kawhi Leonard, it's, you know, it's it's not going to happen for very long. So now Oklahoma city's only real method of getting back to the top is by getting good draft picks and developing young players. So what Oklahoma city is doing is under that circumstance, they're saying, what do you want us to do? We have to maximize our draft position and we have to develop our young players. It doesn't help us. So like you could mock Oklahoma city for benching their best player, but at the other hand, they are responding to the scenario that is put in front of them. They are making, you know, smart decisions. And so my thing is they've let tanking get out of control. And so, and, and, and so the problem is that they're like trying to cover it with the play in tournament and the lottery odds are trying to put their fingers in the, you know, fingers in the dike. So it doesn't pop. And they've allowed, you know, star players have run so rampant in just controlling personnel moves, which, again, I don't have a problem with a guy saying this is where he wants to play. Uh, like, in, in general, I don't have a problem with that. But I also have to acknowledge that when you do that, you force this, this fallout. And this goes back to one of Adam Silver's things when he talks about unintended consequences. Well, there's unintended consequences all over the place. And the crazy thing about this is, it's never been a more player-friendly league. 
um, in terms of like what they get away with, you know, in, in, in how they operate. Uh-huh. But Adam has to treat them that way because he's making them do all these things like play in this bubble, play with no offseason, jamming the um, all-star game down their throat. So I get it. I understand all of it. I'm not pointing a finger one or the other, uh-huh. but it's not a high functioning situation where everybody's looking out for everybody's best interest right now. All right. With that being said, with previous seasons <laughs> of you documenting LeBron James and his teams and how he's gone into the playoffs with not the best looking teams, does LeBron have his have us right where he wants us right now heading into the playoffs? I don't know, guys. A high ankle sprain. This is a different injury. I mean, you guys know football. You talk to these football guys, they'll talk about how ankle, high ankle sprains bother them for six months to a year. Mm-hmm. And so that injury, like, I'm not an orthopedist. It might have been better off if he had just broken his ankle. Because if he breaks his ankle, he, they put it in a cast. We know how long it takes a bone to heal. He comes back and he, and he plays. This high ankle sprain could affect him the rest of the way. And so if he was healthy... I would say absolutely the Lakers can do it. But, like, here's the thing. The Lakers are not a very good offensive team. Mm-hmm. They're a great defensive team. Yeah. So they're designed to play great defense and let their two superstars just carry them home. And in the bubble last year, they had a couple of role players really play great. Like, Contagious Caldwell-Pope was shooting all these threes, and maybe that'll happen again. But the margin of error comes from LeBron's greatness. And if he can't I, – I just don't know. Like – He's never had this injury before. He's, I don't even think they should call it an, a high ankle sprain an ankle sprain. There's got to be a different yeah. word for it. Because if you look at the actual like diagram of, the, of where the ligament damage is in a high ankle sprain versus a low ankle sprain, it's almost like a completely different injury. So um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I will say this. Um, if I was a team like Phoenix or a team like – Utah, I would be whipping my guys into a frenzy because I'd be saying to you and to them, this is your chance. Yeah, no doubt. LeBron and AD are messed up, LeBron especially. The Clippers are the Clippers. <laughs> Denver's messed up. This is our chance. And um, especially a guy like Chris Paul. If Chris Paul is ever going to pull it, ever make it happen, <laughs> this is it, man. But hold on, but hold on. Phoenix, as constituted, has won a grand total of zero playoff games. Agreed. Zero. The idea that they're going to win 16, man, that is a massive hill to climb. I'm not saying they can't. About 12. That's what I'm just getting ready to say. I'm not going to tell you they can't win four and get to the second. I'm not saying they can't win eight and get to a conference final. But winning 12 with who you're going to have to go through. And look, I've loved watching Phoenix play. I loved Bridges. And I love seeing his ascent. I, you know, Steve, you know how much I think of Booker. I can't wait to see him. I've said on SportsCenter, I think he could be in line for a Jamal Murray type of thing where he elevates in the, in the eyes of people that don't realize just what he is. Like, I think you could, there's a lot of things that are in play with, with Phoenix that are a whole lot of fun. But for them and Utah, the idea that you're about to win a dozen games and play for a title is more than you've done as a group. Doesn't mean you can't. It's just, Typically, as you well know, Brian, 
it's it's a, a crude process, right? You it's a something you figure out over time, and that's why LeBron for so many years. <laughs> you get tricked. It's like three card money, man. And you start believing, I don't know, man, they look vulnerable. And then all of a sudden eh, LeBron's in the finals again. But the point you make about the injury here, that's something he's never dealt with. Right. We've dealt with curiosity, Kevin, Kevin love. They didn't get dap on the court. He's shoving spolstra. And I don't know what does all this mean? Well, it doesn't mean anything because in the end he's him. But I, I, I do think that there's an opening. It's just, I don't know who's best Okay, let me ask the question. Who do you think's best equipped if there really is an opening with the Lakers to step forward through it in the West? I was starting to, um, you know, you, you know, you know, the movie, the natural, uh-huh. Not, you know, where um, uh, he strikes, what's the name of the uh, Babe Ruth character? The whammer. Yeah. He's uh, he strikes out the whammer and, and uh, Barbara Hershey character. She, your listeners probably don't know this movie and I'm dating myself. They should. They this should. Is, it's their this, fault. It's their is, fault, Brian. Yeah, but this is like a Chris Berman would do a Boz Skaggs Lido shuffle <laughs> reference. I've stopped doing Seinfeld <laughs> references on my podcast because um, people, th- the listeners, they don't know them. Steve's seen zero episodes of Seinfeld. Well, I said what I'm saying. So um, uh, she looks over all of a sudden she's, you know, she's there to hang out with the whammer. Yeah. And then she, and he strikes her out and he looks, that was me with the Denver nuggets after the Aaron Gordon trip. <laughs> um, I remember my first year covering the NBA um, when the Detroit Pistons made the trade for Rasheed Wallace. They came into, I was covering the Cavs as a little kid, 25 years old. They came into Cleveland, maybe like two, three weeks after that trade. And I saw one of the greatest basketball clinics I'd ever seen put on at that point now the game was vastly different back then they were winning mm-hmm. games like 86 71 they were for a while there you were probably showing on sports center like oh for the seventh time in the last 12 games detroit's held an opponent under 70 points mm-hmm. but like you watched it and you were like oh my god that's a great team i was watching the way denver was playing and saying that's a great team yeah um then they lose their cannon Mm. but, but they, they've been amazing without him i mean i i know I, is it i, I mean that that loss last night i mean they were nine and one i want to say without him before they lost in los angeles which i mean Jokic is just i mean he's one of one that guy i don't know where the hell he came from but my god he's just he's like a, a well like and a, michael porter jr is ascending i mean and so aaron gordon i mean you know he, you know aaron gordon is not rasheed wallace that's not the comparison i'm trying to make but when rasheed gotcha. wallace came to that team it lined all of a sudden everybody's roles lined up perfectly. And it was like, they, they were, they were like um, a symphony that was going from their tuning to all of a sudden playing, you know, full bore. And that was like what they looked like to me and Denver. I can't even tell you how devastating of an injury that is for Denver because, you know, they had lined, they had lined up this two year window because mm-hmm. it's a two years they have, um, with Gordon under contract, because I don't know if they can afford everybody and all this stuff. And so it was like, okay, Gordon and these two years under contract, and we've got the last of Paul Millsap, and and you know these guys are still hungry, and they get an injury that is going to whap them over two years. Because I don't know what Jamal Murray is going to be next year. I was getting ready in my head to say that Denver could win this thing, but that injury, because I mean, we all saw how important Jamal Murray was to them, no doubt. And I mean, I don't want to discount them, but I, I can't, my enthusiasm has 
has has throttled back. But I was I was getting excited watching them. When I'm allowed to watch them, because where I live, uh, for some preposterous reason, I live 500 miles from Denver, but I can't watch Denver. They're they're blacked out. Oh. And um, I've complained about this for years. And the NBA, you know, has come to me behind the scenes saying, Brian, we can give you a secret uh, sign in password where you can watch all games, not black. I said, it's not the point. <laughs> I pay for league pass. I should be able to watch the Denver Nuggets not 500 it. miles away from me. This is like when you're Sorry. in Japan and you went, you needed the bootleg code to get the Buckeye game and the Cleveland yeah. Brown game. I was in China, China. to be in Japan this year. Uh, it's, right. I, I got my okay. Olymp- I got my Olympics or whatever the hell it was going on. I need trips. that freaking device now. <laughs> All right, <laughs> That's what we, I'm will, to say. we are going to get the word out. Don't worry. Right. Um, get Windhorse bootleg cable providers. Uh, I don't want bootleg cable providers. I want to be able to watch a team play that's 500 miles from my town. You I just said the league reasonable. gave you a password and you didn't want it. But it's not the point, Scott. Why should I have special treatment? Everybody here should be able to watch those games. How many people in Lincoln want to watch them? I don't know. You know, quite a few. Okay. It would help their fan base. They're only 500 miles away. And those people get in the car and drive, too. God bless them. Um, I want to look at the other side, Brian, um, with the East. How do you compare uh, – compare the right word? How do you look at or compare the road and opportunity for Giannis and the Bucks as the past – Three years. So two years ago, they played the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Awesome defensive team. Giannis had trouble, couldn't get it done. Last year, they played the Heat. Beast of a defensive team. You know, they put their game plan in. Giannis, when it came down to it, couldn't get it done. This year, if they play the Nets in the second round, oh man, is that going to be something to watch? Because, and I say this, I you know they're playing tonight. I have no idea what's going to happen. For all I know, the Nets will beat them by fifty. But I think he's ready for that. And meanwhile, the Nets have so much firepower when they've got Harden mm. that I don't know how you defend them. <laughs> and so the difference, though, is is that Giannis will solve that. He will solve the Nets defense. And not only because he's just better and they're not very good defensively, but also because he's got Drew Holiday now. Yeah. And um, so, like, I think Giannis could average 40 points a game against the Nets in a playoff series. The problem is the Nets might have three guys average like 28. <laughs> um, uh, and so that series would be – and I'm not saying it's, it's good for the game, but that series, it'd basically be like, okay – we're going to try to square your possession and you're going to try to square your possession and <laughs> we'll see what happens. And, but, but, you know, I, I think Giannis probably would probably prefers that. Um, so that yeah. second round series in the East, you know, I know we'll see good stuff in the, in the West, you know, the teams are all good and everything. We'll see Luca try to take some, try to take down a, a giant and we'll see what that happens and Lakers, whatever. But that's second. And by the way, it still could be Philly. And if it's Philly, um, now you talk about a good defense, it would be yeah. a, a different dynamic. But a Bucks Nets series, whether that's potentially in the second round or potentially in the conference finals, if I if we were still traveling, you know, I don't think we're going to have media access in the playoffs. I don't know if the decision hasn't been made yet, but I don't think so. 
if I was still traveling, I would be right now, if this was a normal year, I would be chewing on my boss's ears. <laughs> I want to do that second round Bucks uh, net series. I want to do that second round Bucks net series. I know Malika will be there. I don't care. I will do, I will do some of that second round series. Um, because that that's that's the one I'd want to be at. But um, see, as entertaining as it is inevitably going to be if it happens, you bring up a really interesting point about Philadelphia and about the idea of defense. And I wonder, Brian, what your thought is about a year where people have given so little effort on that end and spent so little time trying to play it well, if that could be enough to carry the day. If that could be, I, I think Giannis benefits from not wearing the bullseye of being the one. I wonder if a team like Philly could benefit from saying, listen, we're going to try to keep this not under 100. Those days are long gone. But we don't want to have 110 at the end of three. You know what I'm saying? I wonder if 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 a team like that, in your estimation, is is a real threat to the crown. I'm actually working on a story right now. I've started talking to some coaches that's going to run the last week of the season. Will we see a normal postseason or will we, will we not? And meaning what will the game planning defense, you know, because one of the things that happens every single year is that the, the regular season happens and everybody makes a bunch of assumptions and the playoffs start and everybody goes, Oh my God, I forgot the playoffs are so much different. I mean, it, it kind of drives me crazy. I have to like tell people, but this is not going to happen in the playoffs, but this is not going to happen in the playoffs. Mm. And um, you know, the one thing that happens every year in the playoffs is that all of a sudden guys that were, were great in the regular season start fading into the wallpaper. Um, I, you know, it's like, you know, I see people like, well, this is going to be our playoff rotation and it's like 10 or 11 guys deep. And I laugh out loud. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, Pat Riley, coined the phrase in the playoffs you play eight and trust seven and when it gets bad guys and i'm not talking about game one of the second round but i'm talking about when it really matters sometimes they play play seven and trust, trust six you know, oh wow less you know and and so people forget and, and this is where Le, this is where lebron fills in the cracks right like oh boy and so that's my question to these coaches do you think we're going to have that normal postseason where when the pressure comes, the pipes start to burst and in between games four and five, the coach comes up with that trickeration defense. When you try to run that little pet play and their player does this little maneuver, or they try this little thing and take this thing away from you. That's that stuff. Isn't even dreaming of happening. Now they're not even having these conversations. Um, I assume that's what's going to happen. And what are the we'll early returns? What are the early returns? Like the, the feedback you're getting is the sense that it'll be as good as we did because you're like, I know all like all this regular season stuff I'm saying, I, I don't expect it to bleed into the right into the postseason because postseason is always different. You're right. What do they think? They think that when they want practice time, uh -huh. they're not talking about like to do defensive drills, although they would like to have that too. <laughs> but they would like to be able to have, two or three hours, two or three times a week to say, this is our game plan and here's what we're going to do and we're going to install it. And they think with that will be, the, the game will change. But it's hard to break habits. So I don't know. My, my ex I always lean on my experience. And my experience says when we get to the playoffs, it ain't going to be 128, 123. 
we're going to be back down there. But I've never seen a team like the Nets before. So they very well might, it may end up being 128, 123. And if that happens, they're going to have a chance to win the whole thing. I, I, I want to close with just this thought because the problem with talking to you is that I could do this for hours and I'm, uh, we have a show to do and I assume you have better things to do with your life at the moment. Um, I just wonder as we, as we do finally catch up, right, and we get done with the get it in year and it won't be as, sh- as long an offseason as people would like, but it will be shorter for everybody other than the team that makes it theoretically seven games could go to July 16th. Let's hope it doesn't go that long. July 22nd, I think. 22nd, I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. Um, If, do you think, Brian, that it gets back to feeling like it ever did? Because I know this much. In life, when you surrender real estate, it's very difficult to get it back. And with players being empowered to the point where now you get to kind of ask off for, I just want, I want to go to my, I'm going to have a birthday week or whatever the hell goes on. And teams just go, okay, like, I don't know. And I'm, and this isn't, you get, it's wild. You get called like a bootlicker or like a, you're the like ownership, uh, you're a fan of ownership. I'm not a fan of ownership. I'm just, if you get 40 million for 82 games, I don't think I should feel bad about saying, maybe I see you play every once in a while. I don't think that that's makes me a bootlicker. I think it makes me think <laughs> maybe I'd be able to see some of you guys play more often than not. I just think when we get done with this year and we catch up, I don't know. What do you think we'll see as far as that's concerned? Uh, five years ago, I was so bullish on the NBA's growth. Uh, I felt like the NBA was, I thought it had distanced itself from baseball and was, it was never going to be the NFL, at least in you know our, our lifetime, but it was headed for that spot. And I'm now worried. I'm worried because young people that I talk to don't watch the games. I just Uh talked to somebody today who is a huge sports fan who said he listens to every one of my podcasts, uh, uh, which, you know, are 45 minutes to an hour twice a week is completely aware of what's happening um, uh, in the, in the uh, league does not watch the games. I was like, but what about Steph Curry? Are you watching <laughs> Steph Curry? Steph's like, he's going every night. He might go for 55. He's like, yeah, I, I know. I see the highs. I don't watch the games. Oh. And, I, you know, I, if, you, if, and that is the bedrock of the NBA, not just because of the TV money, uh. but because when I was 12 years old, I went to Cleveland Cavaliers games with my dad, regular games in January against the Indiana Pacers and Milwaukee Bucks. And I loved watching Terry Cummings and, um, you know, Terry DeHare and, you know, those types of guys, uh, you know, play great basketball. Mm -hmm. And the bedrock of the NBA is based on that. And, And that is eroding. And I am worried about that because ultimately I am 43 years old and I want the NBA to be healthy for another 25 years and I want it to be growing. And there are people in this business who will tell me, of course, it's going to keep growing. Where do you see the new TV deal? It's going to happen in three or four years. It's going to be even bigger and there's going to be even bigger salaries. And I'm like, if you say so, but, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm so afraid guys, I'm so afraid of becoming the guy on the porch. I do not want to be that guy. 
I do not want to be that guy. So I'm you holding myself be. back. It, so see, but none of us do. None of us do. But it's not. But see, there's a difference between being some guy yelling and, and that it's not unreal. I don't think. And look, I am that old guy. I'm old. It's and it's and if people want to yell at me for being old, okay, f- so be it. But tell me how it's cool that like people just don't have to play. Like, well, you're trying to win a title. Uh, okay, I get it. Well, then go win one. Like the yeah. Clippers rested a bunch of people, and then they got their ass kicked by the Nuggets. <laughs> How'd if that you, work out? If you keep <laughs> some of these guys are getting paid thirty million dollars a year, okay. and the other thing is the league, you know, and we're partners with the league. I'm not, you know, the league doesn't have a marketing campaign right now, and I'm not saying that a marketing campaign is gonna is gonna increase it, but if it were up to me, if they wanted to pay me some consulting fee that was gigantic, I would tell them every night in the NBA, something, something special happens and you should be selling that. You should be selling that. You should be selling that, you know, out of, out of these games that this guy did this and this guy did this and this guy did this. That's what I would be selling, but that is not the way the league is going. And you could probably bring in economists who tell me that I'm my, I'm crazy. And I talk to owners and they talk about other things. And they talk about overseas revenues and they talk about this and they talk about that and they and I very well could have my head in the sand but I'm worried about Tuesday in February okay is the league is you know yes you have to have the playoffs but if you're going to have a 30 team league and they're talking about expanding the 32 and they will in the next five to seven years if you're you're either going to have an eight team league or you're going to have a 30 team league you got to decide what it's going to be and then once you've done that, you've got to make sure that you remind people that the 82 game, that it's, a, it's an 82 game week and you got to get people wanting to come in Tuesday in February, because in Tuesday in February, when I was 12 years old and my dad got his corporate tickets, which we were able to go to the games four or five times a year, I couldn't have been more excited. Mm-hmm. And that's not there right now. All right. Two quick rapid fires before we let you go. Who plays in more playoff games, LeBron or KD? It's got to be KD because I just think the East is easier. Okay. All right. And this is the first time in my life I feel like I can ask you this question because I can't imagine how fired up people are. Who wins more football games this year, Ohio State or the Browns? Mm. I You love the draft. You love the draft. No, but the Big Ten. But the Big Ten's not that good right now. So either is your quarterback situation. You know, there was a there was a segment on Sports Center today with Orlovsky <laughs> and uh I can't I, I can't remember if it was Ryan Smith or um if it was L Duncan. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about whether the Browns should try to trade for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and I know that that's like a classic sports sh- sports talk topic. You didn't turn a channel. I stopped. Let me think about that. Yes. Yes, I would trade for Aaron Rodgers. Um, So, uh, you know, this happens in the NBA too. It's And I've seen this with organizations. The honeymoon year. You exceed expectations. You know, you have a little taste of success in the playoffs. You have like your six month where you're riding on air. And then you arrive into the year. This is what's going to happen with the Knicks. Right now, the Knicks are in the honeymoon. They're making the playoffs. They're winning all these games. They're fans. There's Spike Lee's got tears coming out of his eyes. 
everybody's like, I can't believe the Knicks are doing this good. Come next year, if they don't start like nine and one, people, what's going on? You know, trade, trade Randall. This is happening with the Browns this year. The expectations are going to be there. Okay. You turn into some maniac sports radio <laughs> listener in Shaker Heights ready to get on the phone and call in and say, move whatever you got to move to get him. I had to stop. I was Answer the question. Next. Answer the question, Windhorse. Who wins more games? Next. Who wins more games, Ohio State or Cleveland? He's taking Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yep, I know. The tough thing is, which do I want to win more games, Ohio State? Sorry. Ah, uh, see. I love it. Hey, listen. Shout um, out to the 11 Warriors. <laughs> we uh, we appreciate the time. and uh, Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, I, I I do think just the Cliff's notes here for me and Steve, just sitting here nightly, you know, we got a show to do. And it's there's what's great is great, undeniably. And what the playoffs, I feel, I bet, will deliver will be great because it, it almost is without exception. I just, I, I like you, I share some concerns. Uh, and I think that this year makes them real. I also think that this year has some caveats that that are also real. I just I wonder how much has been surrendered it will ever be gotten back. So I don't and know. By the way, this is your role too. This is your role. I mean, I don't want to. This is your role in American sport right now. This you know you're here in that chair to do that to to say exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Not everybody can do that. You can't. And I also know that you don't. You know, you don't do stuff just for nothing. You 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 say it because you watch it. And you mean it because you pour your life into what's going on in the in the, in these sports, for better or worse. So I listen. That, that's kind of you. We appreciate it, and uh, always we're better off for uh, having spent some time with you, Brian. Have Be a well. Good show tonight and tomorrow Thanks, night and next February on Tuesday. <laughs> yes, indeed. That was good. Shout out to Terry okay. Cummings. See you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Got a little. We got a little long winded with Wendy there. We did good stuff. I could listen to him all day. Yeah, I so mean, he's smart. So well, he's, smart. He is dialed he, in and honest, and that yes. doesn't doesn't say Very stuff. Good. Just he's not stirring the pot. Like he's he knows what he's talking about. There. Um, enjoyed that conversation. What do you got for me on the way Speaking out? Speaking of being honest, yeah, um, I got a question go. for you. Yep. So Justin Bieber has this song out called Peaches, mm-hmm. and the lyrics are. I get my peaches down in Georgia. I get my weed out in California. And the girls really, really like the song. But on the radio, obviously, I get my silence out in California. Mm -hmm. And the question was asked, what does he get out in California? A double doubles. What do I tell the girls? Double doubles. That doesn't fit doesn't no how many it has to be one syllable yeah love (laughs) love steve love is the answer okay i get my peaches down in georgia i get my love out in california all right that's where he got married that girls that see he got married there that's where his love his heart is in california there you go love but he's canadian isn't he yeah but whatever that doesn't he live he lives there in california I'm sure he's got a a couple houses. Love. Um, I got my love in California. Okay. Problem solved. Next. Next parenting dilemma. Um. (laughs) Here we go. Have you had a sporting event with your child yet? Yep. 
You have. Sort of. I mean, like a game or, or just stuff, practice. Were you a mute or were you talkative? I, I was encouraging to my guy. I was trying to, che- yeah, I was cheering on Sam. I just wanted to be, uh, you know, give him some affirmation. Okay. I know. I don't say a word. Are you nervous? No. No. Okay. Well, this is interesting. Not even a, not even a hand clap. Oh yeah. I'll clap. I'll clap. But like not a word, not, not, a, not a way to go. Not a word. Okay, what's the philosophy behind that? I hear what everyone else is saying. And it's terrible. And they don't stop. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it is, it is, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to say it's that person. But like, you know, we talk on the way to the game and go do your thing. Have fun, play as hard as you can. We talk after the game. She gets in the car. Daddy, that was the fun, most fun I've ever had. Awesome. And what it's a... got better every week. Okay. So I'm like. How's the team doing? Are they getting better every week? We're on a one-game win streak. Yeah, white team. Tell and you that's that. The, that's the color of their jerseys, everybody. It's They have the color of the jerseys, the color. It's not a thing. Don't try to make no. it a thing. They played the blue team. Who did you play last week? Beat purple. The purple team. This yep. team, the jerseys are white. Don't. Yeah. Okay. You never know. Yep. People People turn stuff into enough stuff. Correct. Um, all right. Let me just tell you this. Um, I'm going to just, I don't, do you have anything you hate this week? Cause I, I know what I hate. Yep. Go ahead. I want to hear this. All right. Steve and I have lengthy lists talking about this guy or this thing or this, whatever, whatever. Once a week, one thing a week. Here's what I hate. Preemptively. I preemptively hate that parent that is that is way over the top with their kid, whether it's demanding or with praise or I just I'm not going to get into any specifics. Let's just say my object, my antenna is up for this because I've heard horror stories and I'm uh, I'm deathly afraid that I'm not going to be able to do this because I'm going to tell these people. To shut the f- up. Your kid is trying as hard as he or she can. Look at yourself in the mirror. Like that th- this child isn't fishing in a deep gene pool of athletic prowess. What do you think he's going to do? Get to the NBA or the big leagues? Probably not. So pipe down and let's be supportive, but in, in an uplifting way not a demanding way. And I don't necessarily have examples of this yet, but I already know that this is going to be a real problem for your man. A real problem. Assess. I totally feel you because you know what I hate this week? What's that? I can't stand and I hate these people that'll video a a six-year-old soccer game on their phone while they're screaming and yelling. And what I want those people to do is flip the camera around and film yourself and look like look and look at yourself and look like look at how much of an ass you are at these games. That's what I want. Turn around and film your dumb self screaming your head off at a six-year-old soccer game. 
and net- also a bonus hate this week. Yes, it's, two it's hates. in the air. The two grills hates. are the grills are in the air. Yeah, I f- hate mustard. Okay, no mustard. No, Steve is team no mustard. It looks disgusting. It smells disgusting. I can't imagine how bad it tastes. So, so they so on the way out today. To those parents screaming at the six-year-old soccer game, film yourself. And I hate mustard. That's what he hates. I have I pre- a great May. One of the best months of the year. All right. I uh yeah. I'm watch out for the guy named Van Pelt. Just, just be supportive, but in a in an uplifting but quieter way. All right. People are five years old. They're trying their best. Exactly. All right. Have a good week, everybody.